Welcome to the My Chains Are Gone podcast, a place where people are sharing their stories of how God has brought them life and freedom through Jesus. Today we hear from Annie, a wife and mom of two precious boys. She shares how she met Jesus in the Catholic Church growing up. After a short season of running from God in college, God drew her back in through the love of a roommate and some older women, as well as a summer studies trip in Greece. Annie also shares the ironic circumstances around meeting her husband, and how God has brought light to their family through their son, Luke, who came into the world with spina bifida. I hope you enjoy Annie's story. Annie, thanks so much for joining me on the My Chains Are Gone podcast. It's my pleasure. I've enjoyed listening to everyone's story. Yeah, it's so so good to have you here. And I'm excited because I have not heard your full story. I've heard oh. little bits and pieces. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking surprised for... we've been in different circles, I feel like. I know, I know. So I've gotten bits and pieces, so yeah. it'd be nice to get it all together. So tell me a little bit about your upbringing, um, your religious upbringing, um, but also just, you know, the environment that you grew up in. Okay. Um, well, I grew up with three sisters, so there's four girls. Um, so that alone kind of is different. <laughs> Lots of girls. Um, grew up, first we lived in the city and then we moved out to like a country setting because my mom grew up on a farm. And so she, the value of being outside, being in nature was really important to her. So that was kind of a big shift. I was about six uh, when we did that. Um, loving parents, um, parents that really focused on education, um, but also a Catholic background. And so um, my mom and dad both come from a very, very Catholic backgrounds, both of them. So it created a pretty deep culture of Catholicism um, in our home. So yeah, that that's kind of... And deep Catholicism, what does that look like? You know, it's... I what did been, that look like for your yeah, family? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a good way to, to ask a question, too, because I think people that grow up in the Catholic Church can have similar situations, but also very different um, experiences. Um, and uh, with, with my experience, and I think it's because it was so intertwined in my family, it was hard to break faith and family. It was very much the same thing. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, it was just what you did. It was tradition. It was... You were Catholic slash in this family. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that played a big role of just kind of um, my identity as a, as a kid. It was like, I'm Catholic. So you had a faith in God mm -hmm. or a belief that God exists. Um, what else went along with that? So I also, I grew up going to Catholic school as well. Okay. So it was, it was mixed with my education mm -hmm. in addition to with the family. I heard this on the podcast. Another person also mentioned this. In the Catholic faith, there's more of a focus on how you behave. And so as a firstborn, I'm the first of the four girls. Um, I had that down. Like I could, I was type A, you tell me the rules. I can do it. I can follow the rules. I was a people pleaser. And so the Catholic faith being so focused on that, it kind of made it bring up that level of like righteousness for me. So it was, there was a lot of pride, but also it was 
a struggle with acceptance and approval because it was all about how you were behaving. And I don't know if I saw that as much as at home as I did in the culture of school and things like that. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what kind of positive things came from that in your belief of the Bible and of God and Jesus? So what I like to say is that I met Jesus in the Catholic Church, and mm-hmm. so I'm super thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the The name of Jesus was talked about and heard, and it wasn't this foreign thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super thankful for that. Um, mm-hmm. And I have some family members, like my both my grandparents, my grandmas specifically, were pretty solid in their faiths. Um, somewhat in talking about it, but more just how they lived it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, like I said, it's just, I'm really grateful. So you went through um, early childhood. Now, was your teenage years also in the Catholic church? Yeah. So I went to private school from sixth grade until I graduated high school. I see. Okay. So you're kind of just continually in this environment Uh of uh, faith, discipline, learning. Yes. And I honestly, I didn't, barely have any friends or anyone that wasn't Catholic. So, okay. Because you grow up in it. Yeah. And in school and everything, it was just like, that's just what I knew. Right. Okay. And then you went off to college. Yes. And <laughs> what was the college experience like for you then? Um, so I went to Truman State University, um, which is a liberal education. Um, and I think that that was a big part of God uh, breaking me from this um, just control and acceptance and all the, the things I was doing as, as a high schooler. Um, I would, like I said, I was just very type A, uh, firstborn personality. So I was driven doing school, excuse me, um, following the rules, all those type of things. And so when I, when I went to college, um, a lot of things kind of fell apart. Um, I had a a friendship that fell apart that was really devastating for me, um, that I had held a lot of who I was in that, which was now looking back, I can see that. But when I was in it, I I didn't see that. Um, I had a heart condition that started in high school, but really got pretty bad in college and had to have a procedure done. And because of that, I ended up doing horrible in school because I was, I had to take time off for this heart condition. Um, so between, and then there were some things at home. Um, my, my mom was dealing some with some mental health issues and it just kind of rocked our family. Um, and so between all those things, it just, and being away from home and not knowing who I was and meeting people that weren't Catholic and learning that there were all these different ways of, of living. Um, instead of going towards God, I ran away from God. And so that was kind of a, uh, that freshman year going into sophomore year was a time where I just felt really alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What were the circumstances or the people that were around bringing you out of that? So I had a, um, a friend who lived down the hall um, in my dorm. And we had met like the first week of, of school. Like there was a, it was called freshman week and you just basically a social week of just getting to know what it's like to be in college. And we met and kind of hit it off right away. Like I knew there's something special about this person. 
Um, and I remember, it's so funny, I, to this day, I can remember exactly where we were and what we were, <laughs> like I can remember it so vividly. But um, she was telling me about um, how she reads her Bible every day. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like people do that? People read their Bible like for fun or on their own, like you're not at church. Um, and that was intriguing to me. I just thought, wow, like you must, you're kind of different, but I like it. And But she wasn't um, pushy. She wasn't, um, I get like tearful thinking about it because she's just such, such a special person to me. Um, she just loved me so well. Like she just loved me for who I was and where I was in that season of life. Um, and to this day, we're, we're best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, but throughout that year, she just showed me that she cared a lot, but also just asked me some hard questions. Um, and again, just continuing to do what she was doing, which was pursuing her relationship with the Lord. Um, and I was watching that. Um, and so as my life felt like it was crumbling and, as a 19 year old thinking, okay, I got this school thing and then that was failing. My friendships were failing. Family life was shaky. My health was even not stable. So when all those things kind of started going down, um, I also started partying freshman in college, you know, that kind of behavior just kind of kept me spiraling down. Um, but again, she was still kind of there in the background, just um, I could tell she was probably praying for me, um, asking me, being there for me. Um, and then it wasn't until my sophomore year, um, I'm trying to think exactly. It, for me, it's, I like to say it was like connecting the dots because I, like I said, I met Jesus in the Catholic Church. So it wasn't like I didn't know him at all. But it was through a couple years in college where I felt like I really got to know who Jesus was and what he was about and that he was actually God. Um, and so in so my sophomore year, coming back to school, I had gone home for the summer, coming back to school, um, kind of trying to figure out like, what in the world? Like, what do I believe? What am I doing in school? Um, I've got to get my grades back up. There was just all these things that were kind of spiraling around. Um, and I remember at one point just being so broken that I felt like the only thing I knew was Catholic, right? So I was like, I got to find a church. And I remember feeling just like so broken in the middle of the night. And I knew that a lot of Catholic churches leave their doors open, even in the middle of the night. <laughs> and so I went and I remember, you know, as a college student going, finding a random church in Kirksville um, and just going in and just bawling my eyes out and being like, I don't know. I don't, I, I believe in you, but I don't understand all this, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um, and so it's really kind of, I don't feel like that was a, a moment where I felt saved, but I knew I needed God. And I knew from then on, I was just like, okay, I don't know you. I want to know you. Here I am. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my sophomore year is when I feel like, I started following Jesus, but yeah. How did he still... answer that, that call yeah. out for him? <laughs> I don't remember like a voice necessarily or anything like that, but I felt a peace. Uh -huh. um, and gosh, I just remember literally in this empty church, just 
bawling and being like, I just am so confused. And I just felt like God giving me this peace and saying, I got you. Mm -hmm. Um, So did he immediately bring bring the circumstances together after that point or the people kind of, in so your it's life? Interesting how the rest um, panned out in college was. Um, so I had that same roommate. We were suite mates in a different um, building, but still connected through a bathroom or whatever. College life is so fun. Um, it is. We, <laughs> I just have such fond memories, but we, uh, she would start giving me different music and, um, it was funny because we'd already shared music in the past, but I think she saw something changing in me as well. And again, it's it's funny because when I talk to her now about it, she doesn't realize the effect she was having on me, which I feel like is just God mm-hmm. um, using people um, in an amazing way because she didn't even know. Um, but she would give me some music and um, they were... Christian songs, which I kind of knew, but she wasn't like, oh, here, this is a Christian. You know, she was just like, I think that you would like this. Um, and so between that and then for some reason I was drawn to, I, I still don't know why, but there was this service organization on campus that I had been hearing about. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll apply. And so I did and ended up getting into this organization called Cardinal Key. Um, and it's not it's not a Christian organization, however, it was filled with Christian women mm-hmm. and they just I had never seen people wanting to serve out of like a love that was real versus just like serving to do it for the right so because they thought it was the right thing to do mm-hmm. and I think in the past because of before it was like service hours or you do that because it makes you a good person or mm-hmm. But these women were just, they genuinely loved each other and also loved serving. And I had never seen that before. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I felt like um, those women really showed me love tangibly. And Mm -hmm. then, yeah, so. Yeah. This is the other really funny piece of the puzzle that still shocks me that it, that's how God worked in my life. My junior year, I decided on a whim to study abroad in Greece. Mm. And it was so bizarre because it was one of those things where I was like, I really just want to travel, um, study. A lot of people at Truman studied abroad. So I was like, okay, that sounds cool. What can I find for a summer? And so I found this course and it was called Sacred Feminism. I can't remember the whole title, but basically you were going to go to Greece and go to the different feminine temples. And so when I think back at that, because it was so random, I just literally wanted to travel and I wanted to pick a summer program and it was Greece. I went into it thinking, well, this is going to be fun. I'm going to travel and didn't think anything of it really. But I ended up walking away from that experience just so um, inspired and also with this faith that became real because it was when I started walking around Greece, and here I am going to these temples, um, all this time growing up, learning about Jesus, hearing these stories, it all became real. Mm. Um, and so it was like, you know, growing up, we'd talk about St. Paul, and you read about him, and you're like, okay, yeah, that's great. That's a story that happened a long time ago. But then I was standing where he stood, 
and seeing these temples and realizing, oh, this is real. Like this really happened. Like this is real stuff. These are real people. Um, and it all just, the dots just connected. It was just like, wow. And it was, you know, we went to Corinth and we stood at the temple of Aphrodite and we learned the history about why so many people were coming there. And then it just made sense why Paul would go to Corinth and, and talk about love yeah. because, and a love that was bigger than what these people were, wow. were going for. So I still shake my head and, and, and wonder, cause I'm like, how in the world did I, you know, wow. feel closer to God through history and a class that was about sacred, fem- you know, feminine gods. Yeah. Um, That's <laughs> so such a it's funny how it story. kind of flipped and it really increased my faith. Yeah. So. God knew what you needed yes. and so, yes. and brought you there. I think that's such a cool, unique yeah, part of your it's story. It's kind of funny, but yeah, I love that God did that because I just... Makes me want to go to Greece. Yeah, I recommend it. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> and Israel. Yes. Yes, um, I want to go there too. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. really cool. So you came back, you're more invigorated, like, this is true, and then what? So then... Um, that same friend that I've been talking about, her name is Hannah. I'm going to give her a shout out because she's amazing. <laughs> um, she also was studying abroad at the same time <clears throat> in Costa Rica. And we both came back from the, our summers studying abroad. And I remember just being, you know, on fire for God at that point. And we got back and she said, she said, you know, I think I met the guy you're going to marry. And I was <laughs> like, wait, you know, and here I am coming back from this trip and being like, loving life, loving God, feeling more purpose, feeling a lot of the things I had been struggling with, which was acceptance, approval, um, were just kind of being, you know, just stripped away from me. Um, I was seeking before that it was like loneliness because I didn't have a relationship, like a, a boyfriend or anything serious. And I longed for that and things like that. But coming back from Greece, I was like, I love God. I don't care. Like, your cup it's, was uh, full. Yes, I was super just like in, in on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said that, and I just kind of laughed her off and was like, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but she said, I'm not going to tell you who it is because you'll mess it up. Because <laughs> she was like, I just know that if you know who I'm setting you up, it's not going to work out. And so she didn't, but she's like, I'm telling you, I met, I met the guy you're going to marry. She had her 21st birthday um, and we were big on birthdays, surprising each other. And so for her birthday, I was going to come to her hometown and surprise her. And her friends that she had studied abroad with also wanted to come and surprise her. We did not know this separately. We show up at her house and um, I met this guy that she had been talking about. And sure enough, I, I said after we met, I said, is this the guy that you're talking about? And she was like, yes. And it's my husband, Seth. <laughs> so great. Um, so I How tell that funny. story. I know it's really ironic and funny. But what's interesting about that is because I was going through this process of getting to know God um, and know who Jesus was and realizing he's real and all the things, I was still tied to my Catholic um, just roots, I guess, or tradition that when I met Seth, we literally, um, we had this really long conversation and by the end of it, we were like, nope, we're not going to date. Um, because he was raised Baptist and I was raised Catholic and this is not going to work. Um, 
and it was really hard. And so that first uh, season of our dating, I just remember these really intense conversations about what's important, who God is, why you believe what you believe. And uh, God was working in us and through us in that time because we were challenging each other on things that we had put God in a box. And um, so obviously the end of the story is we did get married. So that we're, that did work out. But that whole season was just these these hard questions of, what do you believe about God and what's important and, and all those things. And God really took away some of those boxes that we were putting him in. Mm-hmm. So what would you say in your adulthood has been some of the greatest catalysts in your faith of following Jesus? Um, what have been some of the harder things that you've mm-hmm. experienced that God has met you in? And um, the first, the, the first thing that came to mind was parenting. Um <laughs> I think yeah, Seth and I got married and um, had our first son, Jackson, pretty quickly. Um, and so the transition from being newlyweds to being parents happened within one year. Um, and I think that that was uh, super hard, but also a really growing season for us. And still to this day, I feel like we're having to go back and say, you know, we jumped into parenting so quickly that um, so at times it feels like we didn't get to set that foundation of, of marriage there. Um, but just in this last year, Seth and I have been, we just feel like God is restoring a lot of things. I'm not big on the whole word of the year, but for some reason this year, God placed on my heart the word restore and it's just been evident throughout um, that that's what God is doing. Um, to take it a step further, we had another son, and he was born with spina bifida, which is a severe um, physical disability. Um, and that was a huge part of, of God showing us who he is and using our lives and his life to just shine light into dark spaces. Um, and we've been, it has been humbling to watch how God has used Luke's life and the people around us and in our own hearts and marriage and family. Um, some of it's been really hard and had to like deal with some of our own sin stuff, um, within ourselves, within our marriage, within the way we parent. Um, uh, we've, we realized how much it stirred up things with Jackson, our older son. And so, like I said, God has just been so kind and, oh, it just, I just feel like this year has been such a season of restoring. Like I said, I keep using that word, but just restoring what has been lost with, um, with some things that happened with Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I might dive in a little sure, bit deeper for, for um, specifics um, yeah. on that. Like, can you give any specific illustrations or stories of how God has done that? Yeah. So, um, I have always been, for lack of a better term, pro-life. Um, 
I worked at pregnancy centers. I, as a high schooler, I think the Catholic Church is very into the the pro-life movement. So it was part of school. It was a part of, but for some reason, I always had this strong, strong passion for just the sanctity of life, how it's precious. Um, But I think as a young person, I, I was maybe immature about what that meant and didn't always go about it the right way. And so there's been a lot of growing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say that because when I found out about Luke, after years of saying, yeah, yeah, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-life, I had a moment where I was like, no, this life isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it's hard to say that out loud, but it was it was sincere darkness. It was this time of like, well, you know, you go into an ultrasound room and they tell you, yeah, your baby won't, this child's life isn't very valuable. That's basically the, the message that these doctors tell you. Um, they say, oh, they probably, he probably won't walk. Um, he has hydrocephalus. They start shouting these medical terms and all you're picturing is this like vegetable type, um, being. And I, I remember that so vividly, like this just dark moment of like, yeah, yeah, they're right. This isn't worth it. You know, they give you these options of like, okay, you are still eligible for getting rid of this pregnancy. Um, and it, so it, it gave me this compassion for people that it is not as easy and, um, black and white as it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so thankful that I had this foundation of faith, um, that God was there and the light broke through that darkness very quickly. Um, and I think that was from people around us praying instantly. And, um, yeah, so there was just this, we ended up naming our son Luke, um, which means light because we literally felt like God just broke through that darkness and all those, really scary unknowns where God was just like, no, no, I got this. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that was a big, um, part of our story, God's story with when Luke was, Mm -hmm. um, came into being and his life started. Yeah. Yeah. And so what ways have you seen him bring light to the world around you these last six years? So much light. Golly, I like, I can't even, oh gosh. I mean, his, his life has been over and over and over again, just full of God's grace and God's kindness and love. And, um, from like, he was born and he actually had a traumatic thing happen to him where, you know, he was born. We, we kind of understood what spina bifida was after a couple months after we, um, found out what it was and we were prepared as much as you can be prepared for, um, surgery that was going to happen the day after he was born to correct the, um, basically what spina bifida is. It's a split spine. And so what they do is they, they take this, the baby one day old into a long surgery where they close the back and the spine and they put all the nerves back in. Um, and during that surgery, which we were prepared that he was going to have the surgery, um, there was a medical mistake and he almost lost his arm. And so 
Um, I, <laughs> I sometimes forget that that even happened because it seemed like such a, a survival time, but I, I just, when I think about even the tiny details of that whole story, we had gotten the call that his surgery was over. And so Seth, my husband was like, okay, I'm going to go get something to eat. They'll, they'll bring him back. We had been waiting eight hours. And so we were pretty exhausted and we had left until we heard he was okay. And then he left and I was, had had a C-section. So I was still in the hospital bed and all that. So he had left and then they came rushing in and said, we have to do this emergency surgery on his arm he, or he'll lose his arm. What had happened is an IV had slipped into his arm and um, basically a lot of different fluids that shouldn't have been in there got in there, was burning away his arm. And one of uh, a member of our church was working as a nurse that day. Um, and she happened to, she knew I was in the hospital and she came to visit me right at that moment. I was alone in the hospital room and right at that moment, um, she happened to be visiting and heard, and I just broke down because at the point we didn't know if he was ever going to walk, if he ever was going to be able to use his legs. And now we had heard he might lose his arm as well. And, um, and st- she didn't say anything. She just crawled into the hospital bed with me in that moment. And I, I still like get goosebumps and tear up because it was like exactly what I needed. Mm. And she just held me as I Mm. was hearing these news, this news. But I say all that because all that season seemed like so dark and so unknown, but our church family came around us and just loved us so well. And, um, he didn't lose his arm and he, and he can use his arm perfectly well now. Um, and he still has this massive scar on his arm. And we always say it's like his super cool mm-hmm. scar to show where he's come from. But um, God's mercy is just over and over and over again have been in his life. Um, we never knew if he'd ever walk. He can walk. Um, he does use devices and things like that. But that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> we, count, we count it. So he's just... He's just a light. Yeah. Yeah. So it's from experience. I see so much joy radiating around him (laughs) when he, as he goes about, I'm just like, everyone lights up when they see him um, just because he's, he's fought through so much, but his smile is there. He's always working hard. You don't see him complain. I mean, I'm not at home with him, but when we're out. He really does have that spirit about him. Yeah. He's uh, a very special kid, and yeah. he's it's it's extremely humbling to be his yeah. mom and to yeah. watch um, be in the front seat yeah. of what God's doing um, is really yeah. Maybe I'll humbling. get to interview him in twenty years yeah, and, and he hear how he God's loves. God yeah. has uh, worked through his disability and yeah. his own heart and life. I think one thing I am curious of is being that you are from a Catholic background. Um, I have friends that were growing up that are that were Catholic, who love Jesus and follow yeah. Jesus. What would you say to people who grow up Catholic who have dismissed God? Oh, that's a hard question. It's interesting because I do think I'm very careful to just dismiss the Catholic Church, which I think some people tend to do. 
mm-hmm. um, because I've seen real faith there. Yeah, me too. Um, and so I'm really careful about that. But and I also I I have a special place in my heart for the Catholic Church because I met Jesus there, and so I'm like, yeah, that there is a something there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do think though that it, it means getting to know God personally because God wants our hearts, not our actions, and. I didn't make that connection. Um, it took <laughs> a long, a lot of things and a, a journey to kind of get there. And I think I still struggle with that. I still struggle with um, thinking that busying myself or the more I do, the better a Christian I am or that my identity is in Christ and not what I do. I still struggle with that. And I think um, it's so deep in that culture. And I, I think maybe in other churches too. I don't think it's, mm-hmm. I don't want to, to make it sound like it is the, the only, um, area or church that struggles with that. I think we all, yeah, can I think legalism is, yeah. is prevalent in many, many denominations. Yes. I think it's easy. It's our heart's way. Exactly. I was like, it's easy for our heart and mind to say, okay, let me check these boxes off mm-hmm. and then I'm good. Um, so I think it's more just, um, an understanding that your identity is not what you do. Um, and that also that God's not this, just a shame, shaming God, you know, like God did not come to condemn the world world. You know, he came to love the world and save us. And so I think that when you're, and maybe again, I can speak from my own experience, you know, being the type a firstborn, I was very drawn to, a list of to-dos. And so when I didn't follow those, I was felt guilty. But I think that might be my own. I can't say that that is what mm-hmm. the system put in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but if in my personal experience, it was more knowing that my identity was not there and that God's way bigger than all that mm-hmm. um, and not to put God in one box, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, Last question. Sure. Why are you glad you follow Jesus today? I've heard you ask that to other people, and I was like, okay. <laughs> that is a really good question, but the, I think there's, it's the freedom of being who God made you to be, but also the grace to know that um, He's with you always, um, that He loves you, that He would, that Jesus, the God man would come down to earth to save me, to, to redeem me, to restore me. Um, and to know he's even given me the, a a Holy spirit to be with me at all times. Um, and that he's a God all about love. Just, I'm just thrilled to have a God that I get to worship um, who is loving and kind, um, and that he never leaves. Well, Annie, thank you for sharing your story. Thanks for letting us hear how God has moved in your life and, and worked in your life. So thank thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Annie had so many beautiful messages in her story. I was so encouraged by her vulnerability when faced with a life-or-death decision regarding their unborn baby, Luke. As she shared, life was not an easy choice, but it was the right choice. 
I'm thankful for the community and prayers that surrounded their family during that tough season and helped bring light to their dark moments. I love hearing how God works in and through people. If you like this podcast, the easiest way to follow and not miss an episode is to subscribe. Listen to an encouraging story each week. Thank you for listening. Be encouraged and tell your story too.